Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter and this is going to be about Sharp Objects episode 6, it's called Cherry, so we're going to, we're going to dive into this, so full spoilers for the episode uh, as always. So this was definitely a very tense episode again, I, I think what this show is doing more than anything that's impressing me is the, the social anxiety uh, that, that keeps kind of cropping up specifically for Camille in the situations that she's in. Um, obviously, we we open with her waking up next to uh, next to Detective Willis, and she, she's kind of awkward about it. He tries to make some small talk. He tries to say, "Hey, let's you know uh, have some coffee. Uh, let's see each other again." And she kind of and she doesn't like have a genuine thing she's doing that night. She's not making up the fact that she you know reluctantly agreed to go to this girls' night thing or one of our you know quote unquote old friends' houses, but. She definitely feels distant, and that kind of prompts him to maybe go digging in a little bit. Um, uh, arguably abusing his power a little bit, but at the same time he is kind of investigating the family for various reasons. I, I, I think he has enough reason at this point to be suspicious of the of the family. But, you know, so she, she, she goes off, and she does have one kind of interview with um, uh, John Keane's girlfriend again. Um, which actually it kind of follows like a really weird moment actually with uh, John and Amma. Amma's at the same house and she's like by the pool and she's kind of starting to flirt with them and kind of implying hey maybe we should do something like a girlfriend's not here and she says I, actually I've got, the, I've got the dialogue in front of me here I, I specifically got this I thought it was interesting and uh, she says why do who do I remind you of and he says a bad little girl who thinks she's cuter than she is and then she says, then you should stop watching me, you know Ashley gets, uh, how Ashley gets when she's jealous. And John says, I like to keep an eye on you, Amma. Just know I've always got my eye on you. Um, and then he says, it'll be your day soon. Which is very, like, on the nose kind of implications that, you know, like, if they want to make us think that he might be the killer. Um, I don't think that's actually what he means here. Just be Partly because it's just too obvious, but partly because... I feel like he suspects her or something, or he's, you know, something to that effect, or that she's in some way responsible for who's being picked, or whatever. And I was actually, I was thinking about this since last week. I was thinking that, despite the fact that we have the, the teeth, you know, the pulling the teeth is is too difficult. Uh, to you know, requires more strength, uh, than typically a woman would have. I do think thematically for the show that a woman is going to be involved. If not the sole killer, then a woman is definitely going to be involved in the murders. I, I think, given that the, the, one of the core themes of the show has been the, the anger that's repressed uh, by women that's hidden, I feel like it makes a lot of sense to have a woman be involved in the killings in some way. Um, I mean, Amma, is it her? <laughs> is it Adora? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, they, they both have a lot of pent-up frustration in different ways. So... So she has a, a, a short scene with Ashley, um, and she kind of prods. She almost leaves because Ashley's just given her, you know, fluff to put in her article. Because uh, Ashley's like determined to be in the newspaper, and then later on, when she finds that she's not going to be in the newspaper, she just says, "Well, no one cares. No one reads the newspapers anyway." Um, you know, again, it's very dismissive. It's kind of hiding her pain and just sort of passing the bucket, as it were. But she, so. I'm rushing through this part because ultimately this is not the the interesting stuff in the episode for for to a large extent. Um, I, I do want to mention a scene though. We, we can't gloss over the scene back at the house, the main house, with um, uh, Camille's eating some pie at breakfast after she's arrived there. Um, and Adora kind of like stares at her as if she knows something's changed, and 
Camille asks, you know, what, what, what was it? And she's like, you tell me. But we get like a little flashback after this. I guess it's very cold as it always has been with Adora, but we get a little flashback after this of the first day that Camille was in her, her cheerleading uniform. And her little sister was like, oh, you look, you look pretty. And Adora, instead of giving her a compliment, just says, oh, you look like a, a ripe cherry or something to that effect. But the, the, obviously the word cherry is important. It's the title of the episode. And it may even be the first thing she ever carved into herself. It may not be. I mean, it's definitely one of the early things. Um, they, they could give us more of a, a direct story about the first one later. But it seems like this might have been the first one. Because she says that. It's very demeaning. And then later on we get quick glimpses of her on the cheerleading, you know, cheerleading squad in the field. Um, and she ends up with a cramp, and she's she's. It turns out she's not actually sore. She's just bleeding from her from her wound, where she's written the word. And uh, the one who's kind of the the friendliest of of the of the group, uh, you know, we see her in present day later on, like admit that she saw the word. She knew it wasn't a period. She knew it wasn't anything like that. She knew it was there was it was the word was carved into her leg. Um, and she, you know, she she was nicer to her in part because of that, not entirely because of that, because she was she was because Camille's like, no, we were bitches in high school, like, we were awful to you, and she's like, yeah, but you were you were better than them, you were you were the best, and she's like, well, that's not saying much, um, but again, it's this idea of the the darkness that everyone kind of overlooks and everyone just kind of happily ignores. It's it's the idea of presenting the nice front, even though that behind that front, everyone's just in pain and and depressed and and hiding all of these really deep rooted problems that. That are kind of self-destructing them, and you know maybe that's why everyone in this town is so messed up because they they have to hide everything all the time. But the real highlights, of course, um, beyond the party itself, where Camille goes to the house and spends time with with the, all these old friends again, you know, using that term loosely, and we hear one just burst down into tears because her husband doesn't want any more kids. And I have to admit, I did a bit of a spit take when she says, "But you know." He says four's enough. I'm like, F- I mean, four, <laughs> four's plenty. I mean, call me crazy. <laughs> I feel like, like I, I think obviously having kids is a big dispute between between couples. Like, you know, you know, you want them, you don't want them, and obviously, if you're at an early point in a relationship and you have that conversation where one of you wants kids and one doesn't, then you have to address that because that's a, a big life choice that you're you're conflicting on. I feel like though, after you've been married and you've had four children, which is already more than an average amount, I'd say. I, you know, I, I think two to three is the more normal kind of kind of amount, right? Not that four's not absurdly big, but it's you know, it's, it's healthy. <laughs> it's a healthy amount of kids. I feel like at that point, getting upset that your partner doesn't want more kids feels a bit extreme to me. <laughs> I don't know. You've got four, four kids. Um, so, and I, hell, I'm an only child. The, the thought of having a, having a second kid, uh, to me, already, already feels extreme, but I don't know. That, that just really made me laugh. It, it was kind of like, you know, first world problems, uh, was, I guess is what I'm, what I'm getting at. It really made me laugh. But, you know, then, then Camille's outside, she's talking with her friend, and then they all come outside, and it's almost like, oh, Camille's away, and she's away from the, the group, and she's away from us as, uh, criticizing her. So let's go and, let's go and throw more things on the, on the pile. And they come over and they get, and uh, you know, this, this feels like a very realistic uh, co- uh, conversation that happens here, uh, uh, depressingly so, is that Camille is kind of chastised and, and told that she doesn't understand or, or can't sympathise with the girls who have been killed because she's not a mother. Because she doesn't, as they put it, you know, we didn't know how to truly love. Like, there's part of her heart that just wasn't unlocked until we had kids. Uh, you know, making her feel like less of a woman because she's not had children. And. Uh, you know, again, it's this again this social anxiety, this this social requirement, these expectations, and then the failure to meet them. 
and you know i think if one thing this show's taught me is that everyone is kind of society as a whole is kind of responsible for making everyone miserable everyone adheres to these rules and systems and these appearances that they're supposed to you know keep up um even ashley like she wants to go to the party because i'm not going to be a social outcast later on but then you know within 10 minutes like they end up leaving in a a, a giant row and you know she's swearing at them because of what they're saying at her and about her boyfriend so like it's 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 this idea that everyone is like obsessed with with being what they're supposed to be when all that's doing is making them miserable and making them feel terrible when they can't achieve that goal that they've set out for themselves even though it's not right for them um and again it's that bottled up rage which is you know in this show specifically it does veer toward more towards the women but certainly the 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 men are uh you know there's hints of it there as well um i mean actually can we just talk about how uh adora is making oh i forgot his name uh the husband hold on hold on alan adora's making alan sleep on a on a sofa bed or a pullout which i mean that could just be since they had that disagreement a couple of episodes ago but part of me feels like this was just the status quo and maybe has been for a while i was kind of getting that feeling Uh, it was actually kind of weird how it cut to him after after the uh the opening scene with camille waking up with uh with willis because it came to uh, him waking up, and it kind of like almost contrasted them. And he had like records, like you know, uh, old vinyl covers, like you know, spread out of like old like sixties and fifties pinup girls. And I, I don't know. I, I think the show it felt like it was making a dramatic point here about um, how lonely he is, or how you know, despite the fact that during the day he's sitting with Adora and he's, he's all done up, he's got his sweater around his, his neck and he's sitting with the beverage and he's, he's with her and he's, he's he's playing the role during the day. There, again, there's this hidden sadness, which is what I mean when even the men seem to be affected by it. And, you know, if, if he does turn out to be something related to the killings, you know, again, everyone seems to have this pent-up hidden rage. Almost anyone would be believable at this point. Uh, except from Camille, because she wasn't in the town. But if she was in the town, she would be equally a suspect, <laughs> uh, outside of the fact that she's clearly trying to investigate it. But you know, what, what, what do we what do we know? <laughs> what do we know? What is the audience? But yeah, so that, so that was a, a another soul crushing scene where you, you I felt really uncomfortable because of where it was going. Like they were going out of their way to be awful people, and they're still awful people. They're, they've not grown up since high school. Uh, the 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 expectations and the clique that they're in has evolved a little bit, but ultimately it's still the same bullshit. They're still making other people feel bad for not being what they are. They're still doing the same things. Um, so, but yeah, so the, but I think the big thing of the episode though is um, is Ama and and Camille and going to this party and everything that kind of comes out of that and the 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 tension that <laughs> that was fell abundantly throughout the entire thing from the moment that Ama comes up to the store because you know the. Uh, Camille gets dropped off at the store uh, by her friend. She didn't take her car. In fact, one of the, the gags in this... I say gag because I, I laughed at it. Is when Camille drives back in the morning and lands on the on the front lawn, Adora says, even the, even the lawn's not safe from her. And then there's a little bickering thing where where, where Alan's like, oh, should I, should I ask her to move it? It's like, oh, don't cause a scene. And then he tries to bring it up anyway after she starts arguing with, with, with Camille. Um... And it's this idea that he's trying to again play the role that Adora's set for him. Um, and later on, obviously, he argues with Camille about um, how she's being. Like, oh, we have to, you know, because Adora says, oh, tell her how you feel about it. Because they have a conversation. It's after she's walked in from the car. Uh, Adora says she's out staying her welcome. 
and Alan's like, oh, you've you've been more than understanding. You've been more than, uh, you know, you 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 you've done your best. And she's like, thank you. Um, why don't you tell her how we feel or how you feel? And the look in his face cracked me up. It was like because it was clearly how she was feeling, but she's like, no. How about you tell her how you feel? Uh, you you handle this. And later on, he tries to, and she's leaving to go out with her friends or to to the friend's house. Uh, he tries to have a conversation with her about it and says oh you have to stop you know bringing up these dead girls to your mother because uh, they, they have this confrontation of course because uh of the evidence I, I'm, I'm dashing around all over the place i keep trying to get to the party because that's the that's the exciting part but the the there the, was the, the the tricycle or the little bike i think it was a tricycle was it a tricycle or a bike i think it was a tricycle um there was found in the, the muddy swamp next to the the plant that uh, adora owns uh her company and it turns out to be uh, Nash's daughter's bike because he's not sure at first because it's covered in mud and he's like, "Would you recognise the the seat?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, it's white with stars." And sure enough, he you know wipes it and he, he breaks down and he tears. And later on, Camille like, you know confronts her mother and says, "Hey, this happened. Why didn't I find out about this?" And he's like, "Well, you found out from other places. I'm not. I'm, you're not interviewing me. You know, it's like, yeah, I guess I am. I'm interviewing you." Um, and that's kind of the confrontation that leads to the conversation. And then, of course, later Bill. It brings this up because you can't keep bringing this up. You keep bringing up these dead girls with someone who's lost a child. They stop doing this, and he, you know, he makes all these accusations, and it feels very filtered through. It feels like it's all come from Adora, and he's just kind of like passing it on through because he's supposed to, to an extent. And but he kind of he brings up this interesting point uh, where Camille says something, and he says, "Oh, that sounds just like your grandmother." Uh, her grandmother he says, "Oh, was quite cruel to Adora," and all of a sudden it's like, "Well." <laughs> So clearly, there's this, this again, this fear of becoming your parent, right? That that Camille is somehow become. I mean, we don't know if if her, the grandmother was worse. We 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 have no way of knowing that. We've never seen her. We we're getting this very second hand information, if anything, third hand information. And but we hear that she used to pinch her in the night, ju- just and she claimed that it was because she wanted to make sure she was safe and she was fine. But you know, she, she he talks about it being cruel and he talks about how she was treated and how it was awful, and. It's kind of, I thought it was interesting to bring that up. It was interesting to say, hey, there's a reason why she might be this way, that this comes from her mother. Um, without accepting, of course, the irony here being that he does not accept that the reason why Camille's the way she is is because of Adora. Like, there's no blame being accepted here at all. It's all, oh, why are you this way, Camille? Why are you this way? Never once thinks. And as we even see in this episode from the flashback with the, the, the cherry comment, which led to potentially the, the first cut, if you will, like you know, really extreme. Really definitely rooted in, in, in a relationship with her mother that, that helped cause all this stuff. And I think helping that is probably the fact that Amma's so screwed up, right? Like, Amma is not a healthy person. Um, the, the first time we see her, she jokes about the cut she got from being out in the woods last episode. Like, oh, I could almost make a C out of this for Camille. And of course, Camille's like, no, don't joke about it. That's not funny. Uh, you, you, you don't do that. Um, and, but yeah, so, so Amma's big thing this episode, Amma and Camille... After Camille is dropped off at the store, and Amma shows up on her rollerblades with her friends, and is the moment she hits the, the you know the the grating outside the window and sort of like bangs on it to like say hey I'm here, like immediately the anxiety, immediately the the the, the slow dread in the pit of my stomach was beginning to build, and I think part of the reason why it does is because Amma makes me uneasy. Amma is a is a very hard to predict character where 
she feels like she can be very dangerous in, in terms of what she might provoke out of Camille, in terms of what situation she might land Camille in. So when she basically drags Camille into the car with her, with her friends and two guy friends, and it's like, oh dear, what's happening? She's like, oh, we'll drop you off on the way to your party. And then, you know, in the car, like, Camille's just sitting there, there's the very awkward conversation with the, the guy, the teenage guy, who's like, oh, you're like my mum's age, but hot, and and he's like, oh, is it, that can't be, what age is your mum, like, 33, which, you know, she had a kid young, if she's got a teenager this age at 33, then she, 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 <laughs> she, she, she was a, a teen mother, um, unless my math is not what it used to be, but, um, so, but it's, it's very awkward and she sort of accepts it and just kind of moves things on again, try to like play the adult. And then we're at a point where, where, where Amma's like, hey, here's have some oxy. And she's like, no, of course not. I'm not going to have some oxy with my kid sister. Like, no, that's not happening. Um, but then she's like, please, please. And then everyone starts chanting and the music kind of like drones out a little bit and we really go with like harsh focus and it's like, oh god, Camille, don't do this. <laughs> like this is, and you know, so I'm feeling nervous about this. And it cuts away before it happens. You don't get to see if she takes it or not until later. And it, you know, turns out she did take it. Um, and this is kind of this thing, this this relationship between Camille and Amma, which is kind of, in in many ways, is kind of the the core of the show, is her dealing with the fact that she she's been with uh, you know her sister who passed away, and then and then Alice and the and rehab, which of course uh, Willis finds out about. He goes and checks that out. Finds out that you know that Alice committed suicide. He tries to talk to Jackie about it. Um, trying to and she and, and Jackie didn't even know about that part. Uh, but he's trying to find out exactly what was going. On. So he, he knows she was self she was self harming at the very least. Um, and then just one minor point on on his side of things. Um. Uh, the chief thinks that they've they've got they've caught the killer. The chief thinks they've caught the killer because one of the workers uh, fingered a, a Mexican, which is you know what he was really hoping for. Remember way back when he was first theorizing, he's like, no, I'll be I'll be an outsider, I'll be some Mexican you know uh, outsider who's just traveling through or something like that. Um, feels a bit too easy, of course. Uh, so and of course Willis is like, no, I want a background check on every single person who's worked at this plant in the last five years. Um, Although Camille points out in one scene that, you know, it feels a bit conveniently. It feels like someone's trying to frame uh, someone by putting it here. It's just too obvious a placement. If you worked here, why would you... You'd have to be a complete moron to do, to, to get rid of some of the evidence where you work, right? That That's just that's just crazy talk. But they get to the party and she's like, oh, just come in, just come in. And Camille, like... And honestly, I don't even really need the, the flashback to tell me she'd taken, taken the oxy because the way she's kind of sitting there in the days kind of told me uh, right there and then. But... She insists on her coming to the party. Just five minutes, then we'll take you home. I promise. And I didn't believe her for a word. I didn't believe a word of it. But she she grabs her into the house and she comes in. And she you know she she is the middle aged woman in a in a teenage party, and everything is going on around her. And again, I'm just worried. I'm worried about what Amma's going to do here. Like, is Amma going to like expose like her arm? Is she going to like tell everyone about her sister and what she does? And she does that a little bit later on. She tells everyone though she lost a little sister and she's not really dealt with it and. Again, she's getting very personal in a way that feels uncomfortable. Um, but she, you know, the fact that Camille takes the the oxy and then goes up to the room, and then we have the scene where where Camille or where Amma plays this game where they're passing the ecstasy around uh, by kissing each other, and then she takes it back and then goes up to kiss Camille, and it gets you know it's a very like uh, intimate, close and like, and, and I was wondering where it was going at this point. I really was. Because there's, there's lots of other little moments in this one where, 
Willis is questioning about the death of the little sister. He's like, hey, was there ever an autopsy? What was it ruled? And apparently Adora just refused to let anyone cut into her body. He's like, no, 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 you're not touching my baby. Like, no. She, she refused to believe. And I'm like, was the show hidden at here? Are we hitting at that Camille may have had in some roundabout way, if not directly, something to do with her little sister's death? Is there actual guilt? Like, uh, did she accidentally give her something? You know, because we keep talking about how uh, the sister, or the, the, the Alice at the, the rehab was, you know, drank poison. Like, did that kind of happen? Because the way he said that, the way Willis said that made me think, like, is that kind of what made, what made, um, you know, her little sister sick? You know, uh, Marlon, like, or Marianne, rather. Uh, is that what made her sick? I, I, I don't know, like, and is that suspicious? Like, is he questioning, like, did she have something to do with it? Either intentionally or unintentionally. Um, and, you know, would it, would it be that much of a shock in a lot of ways? Because we saw how much her mother seemed to, you know, prefer Marianne. So why why not? Like, well, obviously why not? There's lots of reasons why not. But, like, it, you know, it doesn't take a big leap to get to the point where she might do something stupid as a kid against a little sister. Um... Is there guilt about that? I mean, I could be wrong. I, I honestly think it is because the throughout the show so far, there's been there's been a loving relationship uh, with, and if any, but it would also explain why she's she's scared to get close to to Alice. Why she's scared to get close to to um, to Alma, um, and then of course there's the the small touch here of like you know the the, the kiss itself feels very uncomfortable because they're sisters, and it makes me wonder like. Is this hinting at any other themes? Like, was there some sort of weird relationship with her sister as a kid that we've not seen yet? Was there was there a slightly incestual side to it? I don't know. Um, but it's poking at all these little things. And, I mean, I could just be jumping at the deep end here. It may not actually mean any of this stuff. It, it could just be, again, Amma's being provocative. Amma wants to push the boundaries. Um, but, it, it, you know, it, it stuck out. It's really stuck out. And then, you know... She, she's she's had oxy she's on she's on ecstasy at this point and she tries to leave and ama actually takes her and they go rollerblading so we get a scene where ama and camille are rollerblading at night whilst they're both high off their off their nut um down the streets of the, of the town and at one point the chief even sees them sees them go by uh very angelic the way it cuts from the music to the to the scene of them rollerblading um and they're going down the street um and I'm pretty sure actually the song they were listening to um, it's a popular song and I forgot what it was I'm pretty sure we heard Camille listen to that in the first episode I could be misremembering that though uh, do fill me in but they, they're rollerblading down the street and all I could feel like is that Camille ever since the start of the show has been resisting this temptation but she's finally kind of becoming who she was in high school like this, this is kind of her she's kind of there again she's rollerblading she's high she's with her little sister like She's kind of succumbed to the to the environment, the surroundings of her, of her upbringing, and she was trying to resist as best she could the whole time. But she finally gave in, and it's a character flaw that she gave in because most reasonable adults wouldn't give in to any of the offers that are made by Amma in this episode, especially when it's your little sister, right? Um, but she does, and she's and it feels like she's kind of went off the deep end. Like this is dangerous. And they end up getting home, and of course there's those creepy shots of Adora looking up the stairs and looking in the room and seeing, like, is this what she was concerned about? Is this what she was worried about the entire time? Was this relationship forming between them? And, you know, did she see... I mean, does Adora blame Camille, at the very least, for her sister's death? Uh, very, very possible. 
Um, but of course, the creepy final moment of the episode is that her, or her you know, Marianne, the little ghost Marianne, appears to Camille again. She's very high at this point, but she sees her in the mirror, saying that this place is dangerous for you. And now, obviously, I don't think there's literally a ghost here. Um, I think this is just in her head. But I, I think, uh, I believe there was a scene in the first episode uh, when there were kids talking about warnings from ghosts. So this feels like it thematically ties back in, and then this one. I think the ghost is right, for lack of a better term. I think this place is dangerous, not because the killer might get her, not not in that sense. It's dangerous because of what it can bring out in her, because of what it can do to her, because it's reopening old wounds. It's it's making her revert to a way she was when she was younger. Um, and even though she doesn't want to do it, even though she doesn't really, you know, she's fallen into all these traps because of surroundings. And it's worth mentioning that Emma wants to move to St. Louis with her. She wants to leave. He's like, hey, I'll live with you. I'll get a job after school and I can leave this, this shitty town. And um, the idea that her sister's going down a similar path, maybe not to self-harming specifically, but she's definitely on a destructive path. Um, the amount of drugs that she's doing on a regular basis, um, she is she is not, not a healthy person. And it feels like she's spiraling the same way that Camille was Camille is kind of falling back into to who she was when she was younger and um, kind of in the same way that our friends or you know again lack of a better term her her fake friends uh, the way that they're all kind of the same even though now, now they're mothers and now they've got houses and now they're, they're 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 insulting people about different things but they're still essentially the same people she's kind of still the same person um and maybe that's kind of part of the point of the, the show is the uh, can we evolve beyond our, our past selves when, when we know our past selves were, were um, you know imperfect <laughs> to say I mean everyone's imperfect but you know what I mean like can, can we improve upon versions of ourselves that we would like to improve upon that we know we have to improve upon um, and I think that's that's interesting um, as far as the episode's quality as a whole like it's very good especially the back half um, I don't think it was overall as tight as the last one I, th- I think episode 5 is probably still the best one of the, the show so far uh, I think this one has a lot of setup in the first half before it gets to the real meat. But once it gets to all that stuff with the party and Amma, it's it, it edgier seat. But it's edgier seat in a very different way. We like, oh no, Camille, don't do this, don't do this, and then she does it. It's, again, it's it's social tension. It's it's not tension of a serial killer grabbing someone. It's it's tension of um, she's going to make a huge mistake here, and I'm going to feel horrible about it. Um, and you know, I, you know what's Amma going to do as well is is another big factor there. Um, and I, I do think that warning at the end is no, this place is dangerous for you. Um, in fact, one scene that we've not talked about yet, and it would be a, a giant mistake not to mention it, is uh, again uh, the husband um, who spoke to her last episode, the one who was one of the boys in the forest uh, for the, the 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 gang rape flashback. Um, he tries to talk to her again and in the house, and kind of you know, he kind of corners her as well. Like I, I thought this was because he ultimately tries to apologise here. And I couldn't help but feel like, hey, if you're going to try and apologize to someone for for sexual assault later, I feel like backing them into a corner where they feel like they can't get out is maybe not the best uh, uh, mood to set for said apology. I mean, I don't know, this is my, my, my first thought on the subject. But he he tries to apologize and he says he's, he's you know, he's, he's felt awful about that day ever since which may be genuine this is this is the hard thing it's hard to tell uh, from this scene it feels a little bit intimidating at the end when she leaves and she kind of like i've forgotten about that day leave it and she cracks some jokes like, oh you can get up if i remember you apologizing for that and she cracks some jokes and i, I think from camille's perspective she doesn't want to feel like she was a victim and we saw that before with uh with willis when he says oh that's that's you know uh that's statutory rape 
and she says no there was consent and she, she she defends it and i think it's because she doesn't want to be seen as a victim she wants to she wants to feel like she's stronger than that and she so she kind of tries to just basically get out of the conversation as quickly as possible and i get that it's uncomfortable it, it, even if even if she didn't feel that way i think it'd be an, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have no matter what although perhaps a necessary one should she feel comfortable enough to have that conversation uh, but he kind of backs her into a corner and again it feels a little bit selfish because he, he i mean not even a little bit it's very selfish but he he wants to try and relieve his own guilt so he wants to try and feel that he's given the apology and hopes that she, she accepts so he can still feel better about himself. And so it is selfish, but he, but it may be from a genuine place, but it's hard to tell. The look at the end, though, when she leaves, when she kind of like doesn't give him the easy the easy exit or the easy apology, uh, d- does kind of feel like an old red herring where he might be the killer. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe... Like, has he been killing teenagers now because he has, like, all these weird pent-up memories of, of his actions as a teenager? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, again, it feels a little bit on the nose, but at the same time, nothing would surprise me at this point. Everyone's got baggage in this show. Everyone does. Um, but yeah, again, it, what really stuck out to me about that scene was the way she tried to sort of, you know, rate it off as if it was nothing, which in turn wasn't really, like, giving him the closure he wanted either. Um, but yeah, so again very selfish in his part the way he does it um but it, you know obviously it's, i'm not saying it's always selfish to try and apologize for something if, you, if you've grown as a person you should try and like make amends but i think in a case like this where the other person could feel threatened especially in this like really narrow hallway where you've closed them in i think you 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 open the branch to suggest that you want to have a conversation and apologize for it and let them let you take the next step i guess is, is what i'm saying um, you make that person feel as comfortable as possible and instead she defensively makes it sound like it's not a big deal because she wants to feel stronger than that she doesn't want to feel like a victim and I think that's you know I think that's getting to, again to the root of the problem of, of the characters in this show is they, is they tend to disregard their problems and don't don't admit what's wrong and what's you know until it gets to the point where she, she is self-harming and you know that now it's just the problem is she's self-harming and saying you know adora's reaction to that is no you're just a messed up kid this is all out of spite rather than actually trying to think of why is my daughter doing this why you know even if it wasn't her fault okay what's driving her to this let's try and help her uh, that never seemed to be the 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 attitude from adora and this is where this is where it's led <laughs> led um, and am is not exactly looking too healthy either so uh we leave this episode in a very kind of down and dark place um where camille's definitely at our lowest and darkest in terms of uh giving into to to what's around her and giving into her vices uh and who she once was so i'm really uh curious to see where this leads next episode but uh by all means let me know what you thought of it in the comments below like and subscribe and all that stuff get us on the twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates if you want to support the channel um, and everything we do here and keep the reviews coming head over to patreon.com slash tv and you can do that over there even for one dollar a month you get some bonuses and some other stuff at the higher tiers uh, if you can't do that don't feel too bad you can of course just you know watch the ads on youtube turn off your eye block that does help it really does uh but otherwise that's, that's us guys so thank you very much once again for watching or listening I always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys, and I'll see you next time.